Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan and I'm joined by my co-host Melissa. Hi everyone. And as we always start out saying, we're boom Xers, which means we are barely baby boomers, more Gen X. Um, so yeah, we just decided to come up with our own term for that. I think in this episode we're going to feel a little bit. <laughs> we're going to feel like, like what's even way, worse than boomers? I don't even know. Yeah, we're going to feel boomers. really we're old to because feel that way. I think a yeah. little bit, but hey, so, that's all right. We've yeah. got a good episode planned today. Yes, I think. we do. I'm going to let Melissa take it from here? Yeah, Susan and I brainstormed and came up with um, wanting to talk a little bit about the LGBTQIA and our understanding for this generation and all the other topics and parts of that that go along with it. So I've invited and we have a special guest today, my niece Riley Carroll, who's joining us. Say hello, Riley. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Riley's going to join us today, and I'll let her introduce herself shortly, but she's going to walk us through how we as a little boom Xers have to kind of understand it a little bit more and how we should be addressing it or looking at it or just get a little more educated. Yeah, get more educated. So Riley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, yes, of course. Well, first of all, I'm happy to be here. Happy to join in. I listened to the podcast. Um, Missy has been sending it to me since day one. So I feel like a little bit of a celebrity in this moment. Yes, I'm excited to be on. Um, But I'm Riley. I go by she, her pronouns, since we will be talking about that today. Um, I am currently getting my master's degree in communication studies And my undergrad, I focused a lot on women and gender studies, and that's kind of moved into my research now and will move into my research as I continue through my academic career. And I focus a lot on gender, specifically like gender and violence, which does kind of intersect with a lot of conversations about the queer community. So I've engaged with readings. I frequented queer spaces quite a bit in my life. I would say most of my friends are queer. So maybe not the um, entire authority, but I think I have a really great perspective, both academically and kind of through experience throughout my lifetime. So I'm excited to bring a little education, do what I can. But um, again, I'm not the absolute authority, but I hope that I can provide some clarity, right? Yeah, so I'm well, going to start yeah. with a question right off the bat. From yeah. What you just said. Yeah. Can you explain when you say I've spent a lot of time in the queer space, what, what exactly yeah, what does that mean that? to a layman? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I feel like this is, again, kind of like getting up that age conversation a little bit. Because yeah. I have this conversation with my mom all the time um, when I use like words like queer. Because I would say among my age group, um, it's very common to just use the term queer as like this umbrella term for LGBTQIA. I actually don't use that very often. Even when I'm doing readings, when I'm speaking in classrooms, I go straight to like queer as the terminology. That's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so I I say it around my mom a lot and she's like, wait, what are you talking, who are you talking about now? And I have to kind of clarify, but that's just so like second nature because in my age group, that's very common. That's how you speak about it. So like queer spaces, um, it's just like my friend groups, like my, I would say my friend group in grad school is almost made up entirely of queer people. Um, So anytime we gather right all together, it's a relatively queer space, um, along with just like other queer spaces, safe spaces. Like I, I love a gay bar that has been a joy. I went to a lot in undergrad. I continue to go to them. that's a predominantly queer space. So it's anything like that. And then I competed in speech actually. And that was, I argue, I would argue is a very queer space just because it's considered a very safe space. Um, it's very inclusive and it is made up a lot of 
of a lot of queer people. So I think when queer people gather, I would argue that's a queer space. Okay, okay. so queer is it's the umbrella for lesbian, everything. Gay, yes, yeah. Bi, what's, what's the bi, trans, is bi, trans. Yes, what's, the queer is queer. What's okay. yes. IA? What are the new ones? Uh, IA is intersex. Um, so that's getting moving a little way away from the gender sexuality and gets a little bit at sex. So intersex is when um, an individual is born with both um, male and female genitals. Okay. So I, that's, I, that's I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so intersex has kind of become the newer term for it, the okay. newer like medical term in the last, okay. I want to say 20 years or so. So intersex is included in that um, because often I think when you have both, it's very common experience based off of just readings I've done in classes. It's very common to have that kind of gender um, struggle because it's like, sure. really, who am I? You know, what am I? How do I identify? And it becomes a major part of your life which is kind of a struggle a lot of queer people have. So I think that's why it's really been brought into that. Um, a lot of people call it like the alphabet mafia is like a joke. I feel like I see the alphabet mafia for LGBTQIA+, because yeah. so many so many letters, it's basically the alphabet. <laughs> and does A mean anything too? I guess we would. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so A actually means asexual. Um, and so that is just like not necessarily attracted, sexually attracted to anyone. Um, or it could be different varying degrees. Like asexual can have the umbrella of like you're only attracted um, to someone when you have a strong emotional bond. Um, and that's that's called demisexual, but it is included okay. in this asexual umbrella. I'm throwing a lot of terms at you. You so. are. We are. <laughs> yeah. Good. This is very good. Good. It's, yes. Understand it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Okay. Yes. All right. So that brings up other questions I have based okay. on yeah. conversations we've had. But we also heard, so that's a good description. So for mm -hmm. all of that, you just say queer mostly. And that's yes, I would say in spaces that I'm in, it's another thing too, like where I, I feel like, again, the age difference makes such, mm -hmm. um, makes such an impact on those conversations. Like even before the podcast started, <laughs> when you were talking about your um, friend yeah. who is just like, she identifies as a lesbian and probably wouldn't say like, oh, these queer spaces, because it may not be as probably common not. language in, in this yeah, space. Yeah. Just because it's, I would say that's probably a newer thing. And also queer was a slur for so long. It was so yeah. weaponized against the community. And so a lot of young people are trying to reclaim that and make it more of their own. Um, and I think it's very successful for younger people because it's not as weaponized probably in the same ways that it was for older generations of queer people. So yeah. okay. I can understand why they might not want to use that term, right? Okay. So she, she also brought up pansexual. Pansexual, yes. And, so and that's I think not that's, in here, that letter. Yeah. I think that's the plus is everything I, like that's like under the plus umbrella. So like demisexual too, like I said, I would argue mm -hmm. is probably under the plus umbrella. That's that doesn't have a letter because I think it might get too long if they keep adding them. But I would say the plus is included, um, includes pansexual. And, and that is, is um, yeah. yeah, so that's just um, attraction to any gender. So like, it's very similar to bisexual. I feel okay. like a lot of people I interact with that identify as bisexual are more likely pansexual, but bisexual is just a more common phrasing. And bisexual technically just means attraction to two genders. But as we've seen, non-binary people, um, it's a very large community and we're seeing more people come out as non-binary. So pansexual is just a little bit more of an inclusive term for that because it includes um, like uh, women, men, and then and everyone in between. 
basically so not attracted to everyone potentially. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. Like, it's just anyone. You're, not, you're like, I like you. And it doesn't yes. matter what you're uh, identifying as. Exactly. And I, I really don't think I've met like a bisexual that isn't just attracted to any, you know, like it doesn't mm-hmm. become this big issue. So that's why I feel like when I talk to people, they're like, oh, I could, like, I probably am pansexual might be a better word, but it feels so similar to bisexual, like the sentiment more so rather than that, like explicit, like one, like two genders, it's one or the other kind of definition that mm-hmm. goes along with bisexual. So a lot of people I know still identify as bisexual, but they're likely more pansexual. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I never yeah. knew that. I mean, one. yes. Yeah. I, there's too many words here for <laughs> I know. Like non-binary. What was? Explain that. I heard you say that. Am I? Maybe I know what that means. Yeah. I don't, I'm not like putting it in with all of these other things. So what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So non-binary um, is getting at that kind of that we live um, largely under this gender binary of men and women. And so non-binary individuals are people who identify um, outside of the binary, outside of either a man or a woman. And those are people that go by like they, them pronouns, she, they pronouns, he, they pronouns. Um, There are, I don't know all of them, but there's a lot of like interesting uh, discussions that are happening in the queer community about um, like emancipatory pronouns. So pronouns that exist outside of our like common language. So like uh, they, them is yeah, we were talking first. about how it would be yes. easier if we made up something different because when you use yeah. they and them and you you're of old school us we're like that is so confusing because I don't I use those differently but if there was a new term yeah that would be a lot easier yeah but- and I think that, that's <laughs> that's good to know I would say because yeah. I see people wanting to move towards like those kind of they them pronouns that I've seen but it they're worried it's confusing that it won't be as accepted like they them is common language so it's interesting then to hear that perspective of like that might actually be easier <laughs> because well, for it's older people, outside I think of what we expect they then to us doesn't mean the same thing and right. so it doesn't come naturally to us I feel like that's a great instance of where uh we can learn from one another right it's those larger conversations right. that need to be had um or need to be had over these age differences different experiences even even if it's not um, staying in those queer spaces, I think that's a struggle um, in with queer people as very much wanting to have that safe space. But I think that even this conversation, you see that we can move forward all together, right? As we reach out across those differences and find ways that we can make it easier for everyone, right? Avoid those like misgendering that happens where it's just so easy to go back to like the, oh, she, her, like long hair has very feminine features, she, her but maybe it is they, them, you know, or maybe, maybe it could be they, them. So I definitely right. think that's interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It, because you're probably involved because of your, where you're at in academia too, probably yes, more yeah. people who are thinking more like you, whereas we're just like complete outsiders to all of it. And so yeah. you might not always hear the perspective of someone, A, of our generation and, um, you know, out of, outside of your normal box of who you are yeah. talking to because you tend yeah. to surround yourself with all the people who are liking your research do your research yeah. like like minds think alike right so you do kind of so what are some of the common like misconceptions people of our generation or even other people generally have when they don't understand like the sexual the sexual orientation spectrum right um we've talked a little bit about this too and we don't mean to say it but someone identifies from um you know ken to karen now right or something 
what what are we, I mean, I don't know. It's it, There's just so much behind that too, right? Like even just looking at someone who presents as a female, but they are male or, I mean, how are we to navigate that? Like, how are we supposed to understand? And are they understanding if we go back to like, oh, I knew him as Ken and now it's Karen and it's Ken and you forget, like, explain some, what are your findings or what are you hearing or how do your queer friends feel mm-hmm. about all this stuff? Yeah, I I feel like there's two kind of um, larger misconceptions I would say that I think of. And so the first one is this conversation still of like choice. And I think it's coming back a lot of like, oh, all of this is a choice um, because there's just so many, there's so many words now, right? There's so many different ways people can identify, which then makes it seem like, oh, they're just like picking something out of the basket, right? Or um, why are they like being so hard? Hard, it's gay or lesbian, right? Yeah. These new terms come out. I have seen people say, well, like, well, now you're just like picking, you're picking which one works for you, right? Um, Even in the queer community, I think there's a lot of like biphobia is a phrase. So like homophobia, but biphobia, this assumption that people, um, people should pick or choose, right? Like, and that's usually from people who are lesbian or gay um, and only attracted to one gender and it's usually the same gender, they often um, run into this trap of like, oh, you're just like not a lesbian yet. Like, right, you're just, you're in your bi phase. Um, So bi is often called this phase that people are in. Um, So it happens inside the community and outside of the community, this idea that it's like, oh, you're choosing this right now um, rather than no, this is, this is just who I am. And I want to like, I want people to know this about me. I want to share this part of me, um, because this is how I feel. This is my feelings. (laughs) This is who I am as a person. And that extends to, to non-binary, transgender, um, all of that. Like it it isn't necessarily a choice. It's not like, oh, I want to wake up and go by they today. It's, um, often a struggle. I have seen a lot of my friends spend years of thinking on it, struggling. I've seen, Friends, for example, um, I had a friend in undergrad who came out as non-binary, um, like sophomore year of college, had awesome support, was very exciting for them. And then a year later was like, actually, no, I, I think through this journey, I've come to understand that I'm a trans woman. And that is something that you just kind of like, you're like, wow, like, I'm so excited that you went on this journey and you were able to figure that out by stopping at non-binary first. You took the small steps to get where you needed to go because it's hard, it's hard to take that big step. Um, and so I think that can confuse some people and be like, well, now it's feeling a little bit like a choice because you're jumping back and forth, but it's just growth and change. We all change, right? And so um, I think that's something that's hard to understand and it might be kind of confusing, especially if you haven't experienced it. Like I am, my pronouns are she, her. I like, I am a woman. I feel strongly that I'm a woman. And so it's, it's hard for me to fully understand what it must be like to walk through yeah, sure. the world like that. Um, but it's just like, I don't have that experience. And so I trust you and I want to support you. So I think that's kind of my take on that choice discussion that happens inside and outside the community. And I think, so, oh, okay. Oh, I just have yeah. one question. So I just want to make sure I'm understanding. So when you said yeah. your friend realized yeah. that they were a transgender woman, yeah. which yes. means, means that, let me see if I get it right. Yeah, you got he, it. He it is a born a male, yes. but identifying as female, like feels inside. I'm a yes. woman. Figured that out. Is that exactly? What that so yeah, that's exactly. Man would be the opposite. Born a yes. female and then feels like a man. Okay. Right. Yep. Yep. And but that is gender identity, not sexuality. Not sexuality. So yes. That's a whole nother right. So yes. Yeah. So exactly. Then they go. They could be a transgender male or female, but then they could be 
can or buy or and those are completely separate of how they're identifying in terms of just that correct yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's not confusing <laughs> i know and it's so hard because it's so intertwined and, right. it, and it gets it gets muddled with all of it um because it seems and it's put under this overall umbrella but it is like separate distinct things that come with each other right there's interplay there but they're not necessarily the same so it's 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 easy to get confused there's just so much going on especially if you're not um dealing with it every day if you're not interacting with it every day right right yeah and it, it's 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 harder now because of all of the different identities mm -hmm. you see more of it too like you see like literally you can go somewhere and see something and yeah. be like oh wait a minute like and again i'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful mm -hmm. but you're like okay wait that's clearly not a woman dressed mm -hmm. like a woman right but okay so you have to i mean i'm accepting i don't stare yeah. and attention and gawk or anything but, but not sure how, but, what to say or how to approach yeah, it like, yeah yeah, and I w wouldn't because usually I see them in places that I would never approach them. But I think we're going to start seeing more and more. Yeah, well, because it, yes, like because that, right? it's becoming more accepted, and people are slowly going to be like, "Yes, oh, I'm struggling, but now it's okay. I can come out and figure this out, like your friend." Yeah. But then for those of us around, you know, we we want to be supportive and handle it properly, but it's so hard because it's so, like you said, there's so many different things within that umbrella. Yes, yes. And that's kind of my, I would say my second misconception that I see a lot is this, um, this hesitancy because of the potential of like being wrong or being like yeah. homophobic and stuff. Like there's a lot of hesitancy, I think, when um, interacting with anyone, specifically, I would say like non-binary and transgender, I think you see it a lot just because of the pronoun conversation is hard. Um, and I, I will own it. I have misgendered my friends. I've misnamed my friends in the past. Um, and it's always like an awkward moment where I, I do feel bad, right? But it's like, uh, my frustration with it is that's more of like my issue and I need to make sure my friend's okay, right? And it's not like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I know better, like make them, um, like if I apologize, then they have to say it's okay. Um, but it's, it, maybe it's not, you know, and that's all right. And I, if they're your friend, right, if they're, um, they care about you or if they like know you in any way, I'm sure they, they get your intentions. But then strangers, it becomes kind of a problem. So I actually saw something um, on TikTok. I love TikTok. I think it's so informative. <laughs> I think there's so much information yeah, on there. And I learn so much all the time. And I learned this on TikTok about two weeks ago. Um, and it was a TikTok that kind of explained what to do if you misgender, misname someone. And I was like, oh, what do you do? Because it's always this uncomfortable moment of like, oh, I, like, I know better. I'm sorry. Like, and I usually just say, I'm sorry, correct myself. Um, and move on. That's usually just my go-to. And if they want to talk about it, absolutely. Like that's their moment to bring it up, but it's not like, I'm not going to make them talk about it. And like, Oh, do you, am, is this okay? Like, are you okay with me now? Um, Cause I think that's a lot of work on their part that mm -hmm. they shouldn't have to do just because that's how they identify. So um, this TikTok explained that rather than saying, I'm sorry, if you misgender someone and they happen to correct you, you say, thank you. And then you move on. So they don't oh, okay. have to forgive you. There's not this weird forgiveness um, moment that they have to do weird labor. You just say, wow, thank you. Um, I'll, like, I'll improve is kind of what the implication of that. So, and I kind of love that. I'm, I'm yeah. going to start implementing that in my life because I think that's very effective. I always feel bad that I have to like force um, emotional work, right? On my friends if I make a mistake just because I feel guilty about it. Right. Yeah. Well, there's gotta good. be so much of it because it's it, what's so confusing i think for a lot of people of course of 
for us too is that we were so it's just it's such a you know heterosexual prevalence mm-hmm. world right mm-hmm. in yeah. our, in our, the yeah. way we in were, our, the way we were brought up as we were right. telling you before yeah. we started this men like we didn't know what gay was till high school and then we only knew about men and it, yeah. we only knew about women later and you're just like whoa oh my god and like that was it yeah, yeah. Like, you know there was nothing nothing beyond that to our knowledge and it's been a slow process that now it's finally opened up and there's all this stuff going on but you know we're we had you know 20, 30, our formative years, mm-hmm. none of this quote unquote existed. Of course it did, it but did. it was all yes. like um, hush, hush, don't talk yeah. about it. You know, it's wrong where it's not wrong. It's who you are, but yeah. you know, right. Because you definitely did not see women. You didn't see transgender stuff at no. all. There's no yeah. way it was like, and then it was lesbians and gays. Right. I mean, it was just, that's what it was. That's how we just learned to think of it. So that's why this, the trans thing's confusing for me because yeah to say trans women and and yeah. I, we were having this discussion at lunch too, like then how, okay, that's great, but how, I have so many other questions on that too, but how <laughs> then, but the sexual part of it is, is completely, completely different. different. It's it's yeah. like saying you could almost, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but like almost for lack of a better analogy, say Asian, like make yeah. it a, as opposed to like this gender thing for, for a minute, like you're Asian, you're Indian, you're white, you're Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And then you sexually are this, this, and this. The, the, yeah. the trans part is just that piece of it, who they are. It has nothing to do with the, like, who they want to be with sexually, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's a great way to summarize it. I agree, yeah. And you can't necessarily say that um, a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Which is a born man. With a ma- born yeah. with male parts. Right, so just yes, to yeah. That, is attracted to another trans woman. Yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. Exactly. Right. It could be anything. Right? Exactly. Because that's their gender identity. And then like their sexuality could fall anywhere again in that umbrella. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I so, think we looked this up. Do you know what percent? I mean, again, there's do you know what percentage of trans women and trans men are actually going through like have actually transformed completely? Surgery. Yes. Surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the percentage, um, but I feel like I I feel like it's a little bit more common, I would say, just from like readings to have access to not necessarily the surgery. Like I, I feel like I see a lot of trans people that choose not to have um, the surgery, ah. but a lot, it's very common to like take hormones. I see a lot more like that's so especially if, um, because we have this language now, I think people are able to recognize it a little bit younger um, and are yeah. able to get on those hormones at a time where um, surgery might not feel like as big of an option as it once was um, okay. because they we have access to these hormones. Okay. So I see that a little bit more common than surgery. Yeah. But it's like really complicated, but there yes, are ways yeah. complicated, and expensive, expensive and dangerous. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's so, why there's probably so many different forms of it, right? Because the way they feel doesn't necessarily mean how they're sexually. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So, all yeah, right. Yeah. So I have a question then gender fluid. Yes. So my understanding of this, but I want to make sure I'm right, is uh, we have uh, a friend whose daughter, Nicole, yeah. is Nicole on some days and Nick on other days. Yeah. Okay. But that, so her gender identity is kind of like both, I guess, right? Depending on her mood or his mood. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, that what it is? I think, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, um, 
Oh, that's such a hard one. Cause it's, I think it's so different for everyone. Right. Um, and that's another like umbrella term. Like I talk with mm. people that are um, like non-binary, gender fluid, gender queers, another term I see a lot um, that experience like they have this kind of spectrum right now of like the she, they pronouns. And so um, I see that some people do she, they, he, like do all three of them and are like, I, I could go by any, call me anything. Like I don't, I don't mind. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's they, them who truly feel like uh, the man, female binary. They're like, I am, I am out of it. I am neither um, on any day, right? Um, and I just want to go by these pronouns. And maybe some days I'll dress more like feminine. That's uh, people use like feminine and masculine to talk about like dress or um, how they style their hair, right? Okay. Uh, it's just like I lately I've been feeling maybe like more masculine. So I'm going to cut my hair a lot shorter to have more of a masculine look, but I'm still going by they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just kind of, I, we call it a spectrum, but I feel like the more I talk with people, it's just kind of this like this empty space, um, this like large, not even a chart. I don't think there's boundaries on it. It's really just like, sometimes I'm very feminine. I'm very like, I do feel like a woman, but then some days I'm very masculine and I feel like more like a man. And then some days I'm nothing. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I hear people joke a lot of like, some days I am just like a ball floating through the, like a ball of body of flesh floating through the universe. And I don't want to put anything on it. Like, that's right. just who I am. That's how I feel right. today. Um, well, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like that. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I feel like a and ball I think it's very common. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, just to be clear, yeah, they, they, he, she, them, all those things has nothing to do with then their sexuality and who they're attracted to. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's the other part, right? That sometimes is confusing, but it's probably not even worth trying to understand. So is gender diverse, just... basically the same thing as gender fluid. Yes. Yeah, just I, another actually, way I will thing. own that. I did have to look that up when you said okay. that to me, I was like, Oh, I haven't heard, like, I've heard of like gender diversity. So I was wondering if it was similar, but it's another term for like, I use probably gender queer or I hear gender queer the most or gender fluid um and I hadn't heard gender diverse but it's it's, it's the same concept yeah, yeah. so okay. it's, there's just a lot of terms and I think again it's like based on age based on who you're around um yeah and so yeah okay. so I just I think I just am in spaces I have friends that prefer the terms like queer and gender queer I hear a lot and like non-binary those are kind of the terms that are most frequently used around me Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I know people that use gender fluid very frequently um, and then gender diverse clearly is used and I, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> yeah. And I had, and I will say that we've had discussions before and you say queer a lot and yeah. it, my mind goes right to like, wait, I'm not, what do you mean by that? Because no, I yes, know that. Yeah. my daughter uses queer. She and yeah. I use that all yeah. the time to talk about their friends and there's, it's a queer space. It's a really yes. common term to come out of her mouth. Yeah. And I yeah. know what you're talking about. Cause I know you're yeah. not, your understanding is not my common default definition yeah. of that. Right. But it's just, it takes a minute to kind of get out of my mind space of what my, her, her baby boomer is. brain yes. forward. That's but all right. But I understand I think, yeah, but I just don't hear queer it, in our yeah in our community. It's not yeah. something that comes up yeah. a lot, but when we're with our children, who are yeah. your age group, then it's a very common mm -hmm. you know terminal. Very mm -hmm. common. So mm -hmm. if you had three pieces of advice to give to people like us okay. who, who don't know as much and who are you know tripping over ourselves trying to get it right, but clearly aren't always going to do yeah. that, what would yes. you say? Obviously, the thank you one is yes. great. I love yes. that. 
Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um, I also think the like a, a big rule that I have for myself, and I think this goes even beyond um, like queerness and sexuality and gender, but just in any instance, um, when I'm having discussions and I don't know better and it's not my experience, I um, automatically default to if it's their experience, they have more authority than I do. I do not know more than them. I can provide my thoughts, ask questions, absolutely. Um, but I, I just don't really question people that much. I think, especially when they're first opening up about it. Um, I question if I am confused about things, but I, I will never try to like invalidate in any way. And not that I think it happens super frequently, but I do think unintentionally that can occur sometimes with older people, just because you don't, again, you don't have the same language. Um, and right. so opening That's up true. and allowing yourself yeah. to be a space of understanding first and maybe question second. I think is a great practice as, as you learn. Um, and also the person you're speaking to can learn kind of where you're at, what your level of understanding is. And hopefully you can come together and each learn a little bit more. I think that's so important in every interaction. So that's like a yeah. big one I live by. Um, another thing I would say is again, going back to like that choice conversation, it's like things change and I think it's confusing sometimes. And I, I struggle with the like changing um, like changing through pronouns or um, like being like, actually, I identify as this sexuality. I said this one thing, but now I'm moving to this. Um, it, there's a moment where I'm like, oh, I'm confused, you know, and I make it about myself for a second. And like, this is going to be hard for me. And I have to kind of remind myself and step back and be like, if they're telling me this, imagine the hours that they've right. spent with hard themselves. Hard it is for them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so reminding myself um, that just because it's change doesn't, it doesn't invalidate anything. It's not necessarily about how hard it's going to be for me. I can't imagine the struggle that went through that, the internal struggle, maybe even some therapy, right? <laughs> and yeah. so I, it's important to remember um, to, again, think kind of about that other person first and what a walk a mile in their shoes, I guess, is my, right. one of my favorite little, little phrases. Uh -huh. So that's a big one. And then another thing um, I, if you see, so we're sitting for the podcast listeners, we are sitting on Zoom so we can see our faces. And um, if you scroll around, you can see that my name on Zoom includes my pronouns. And yeah. I would say my email signature has my pronouns. Um, my all of my like bios on all my social media has my pronouns. And even though like I feel like I very much present as a woman, but looking at me, you'd probably say like she, her. Um, I include them just because it normalizes spaces for if there are any transgender non-binary individuals because mm -hmm. unfortunately it's like a situation where they do have to always put their pronouns if they want to be gendered correctly mm -hmm. and so if more um cisgender so people who i don't know if we talked about but cisgender is um we are all cisgender to my knowledge in this uh call right now and so that means you identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth so okay. we all yeah identify with yeah. how we've we've mm -hmm. always been and mm -hmm. um that is, I think it's important for cisgender people to also include their pronouns, just so it's easier for transgender and non-binary folks to just enter into spaces mm -hmm. and not have to be the only one. And no, then it gets a little yeah. othering. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one for me. I'm big on just including pronouns, even though it's not necessarily like changing anything for me, probably. It can help other people just feel a little more comfortable. And do you find that that is becoming, at least with your generation, a much more common practice? I think so. Yes. And I, so I teach, um, that's part of my grad school experience I'm teaching. 
And for all of our classes, we train all of our um, graduate teachers to introduce themselves with their pronouns, put their pronouns on their like Canvas page, their teaching pages. Excellent. And then first day of class, we go around the room and everyone includes their pronouns. And it's I think it's made such a difference because last semester I had a class that had um, four non-binary students in it. And I like I probably wouldn't have known otherwise if I hadn't asked that on the first day. They would have probably had to correct me and then they have to do the work of it, right? Their classmates mm -hmm. might not know. So then their classmates might have been misgendering them without realizing. So just making it an easy, common conversation, common practice. So right, it's not that uncomfortable. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So when they introduced themselves and they were non-binary, did they yeah. say they, 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 them, yes. they, them? They okay. them, yeah. So that was, um, it was just right after your name. So I would be like, let's do name, pronouns, um, major. Uh, one thing you did this summer, you know, just like a little introduction. So mm -hmm. let's start with this person. So I would say their name. I had a couple students that they didn't go by their like birth names, their given names that showed up yeah. on my syllabus. Um, okay. Like I see people switch. Uh, I just had a student. I coach a speech team and one of my students just switched from their first name to their middle name just because it was a little bit more gender neutral of a name. They were a little more comfortable. So I have students that uh, can't really change it or aren't going to make the effort right now at this point in their lives to change it legally, but let you know if you give them that opportunity to say, hey, actually, I go by this. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, again, it's just ignorance on my part. It's all right. Yeah. So they, they, they're sitting in your classroom and they look male. Yes. Right? Yeah. They, they look dress male. They appear male, maybe whatever. And they say they're they, them. And mm -hmm. they have a name of Mark, let's just say, or something. Yeah. Right. So all they're doing by saying they is telling the, their, this class or everybody that um, I'm Mark, but I don't. And I look this way, but I might really feel like a Martha or something. I mean, I, I, I mean, well, yeah. and so, so don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they probably um, be rude by asking that. But no, I'm just, that's okay. what is that supposed to mean for you teaching these? And how is then? If I was sitting next to someone who said they, them, and they looked like, you know, presented male, looked male, had a male name, how does that change an interaction? Or how would you suggest or what, what happens in your classroom, I guess? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I guess the focus then for me is about the pronouns. So I just, um, and I, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've had an instance where another student misgendered another student. Um, but again, that would probably be a moment just me as like a teacher, because I have a position of power, I would probably step in in that moment. If I was like amongst friends, I don't know if I would step in because I wouldn't know if it's my place. Um, but as a teacher, I would probably just say, um, oh, yeah, they did say that, you know, or just like reaffirm I'm using that pronoun again. So that's kind of how the interactions work. But again, for non-binary, it's really um, like it, it's, it's not necessarily a, a how you present you might look. It's more about like how you feel and maybe, okay. maybe so the that they will. Internal feeling. Yes. Yeah. So maybe Mark can... might be more feminine Sundays. Maybe Mark felt just that day um, that they wanted to dress a little more masculine. Uh, but ultimately they feel uh, okay. that they don't exist as either a man or a woman. They exist somewhere, somewhere out there in the cosmos. <laughs> Something okay. else. Right. So, so to me, again, it, it's very, a very elementary, simple minded thing. But if yeah. then. Mark said that the first day comes in as Mark, then maybe a week later shows up definitely presenting feminine. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be startled and be like, what's going on here? I would yes. know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Cause that helps you then 
just not be confused. And also to be sensitive to not having them, if they do present looking male of having what they probably had their whole life until they felt safe enough to say they, them, of continuing to be he when inside they're cringing going, no, I'm not, that's not who I am. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that opens like the conversation of dressing. I think that affects um, like cisgender people as well. Like I, in the last probably two years, I buy women's and men's clothes. I just wear what I'm comfortable in um, and what works for me, but I identify as she, her. So sometimes I wear my, like, I actually, I have a pair of um, (laughs) my grandpa papa's pants that I wear all the time. And they're my favorite pair of pants and I get compliments on them all the time, but they're men's. They're like an old man's pants (laughs) and I love them. so much um but it doesn't you know like they're i either make them more feminine some days some days it maybe does look a little bit more masculine it's just kind of like this is what i want to look like today but i am still riley i am a woman i'm she her so it's kind of it trickles to all of us i think like this liberation you really can just express yourself and i think that's kind of the the beauty of it as we walk through these conversations i think everyone can be affected a little bit by it too so, so real quick, um, to just kind of end a little bit, maybe on, um, your research that you're doing with the, the I'm sure that wraps into a lot of this, right? So what are you learning about with this or is your uh, research specific to just women? Yeah. So I, um, I do a lot of like women based research, but I am more interested as I've entered grad school and kind of seen this huge space that's open still that um, queer voices are not really being looked at in the same way. Like I am the student in the classroom and I've had some of my fellow grad students point out every article. I'm like, well, I do think it's interesting that they only surveyed heterosexual people about romantic relationships. I was like, yeah. then they should title the article heterosexual relationships about this, right? Um, and they don't, that's still not happening. And I say it every class and my classmates, whenever I raise my hand, when we're in our little um, participant demographic discussion, they know what I'm gonna say. Um, and so I, I'm seeing that more. And so I'd love to continue to find ways to find like um, intersectional. So like multiple different identities appearing in my work. So like right now I'm doing work on um, TikTok, because I love it, um, on TikTok. And there's this whole community of like witches and witchcraft on TikTok that are using witchcraft as like protest strategies. So they do like spells against like Donald Trump or they did spells for Black Lives Matter. And it's so interesting. It's such like an interesting kind of niche area that no one's really talking about in research. And I'm finding that it's not just women. It's a lot of queer people as well. And so I think there's this... uh, there's, I mean, I would say throughout history, women and queer people have always kind of worked together because it's a lot of not the same struggles, but similar struggles because yeah. gender is so intertwined again with sexuality. Yeah. And so I want to make sure if I'm going to talk about gender, I feel like it would be insincere of me to not address as well the sexuality and how that plays a role in it. So I'm excited to bring it in more. I'm hoping to read more about queer theory is a whole area of academic inquiry that I I'm excited to learn more about. I know a little bit, but I'm doing some more deep dives this year as I keep working through it. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I this this was the episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to take me some time to digest. I hope our <laughs> listeners got, um, you know, I mean, we weren't trying to be, we were just trying yeah. to understand and learn more. So yeah. hopefully help, and help others. I mean, let's be honest, most of our listeners are going to be in our age group. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're going to probably know about as much as we did. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, now they know more. 
Yeah. Good. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, Riley. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That's great. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. Yep. And uh, we'll uh, be back next week with more episodes. That's right. right. Adios. All right. Thank you.